We are rolling. Squadcast episode three. Blah, blah, blah. Cast. Squad. Squad. What up? I'm Sco. This is G. And Dirt. What up, fellas? How you guys doing this week? Good, man. Good. Hanging in there. Same here. I was uh, dragging a little. Got some calf. Some caffeine into the system. I'm dragging some caffeine right now. I need it. As am I. It cures many, many. It cures what ails you. Charged up, man. Ready to go. Do the job. So uh, I got this interesting thing that I've noticed happens in my commute. I'm like reverse commuting, right? And uh, so today it was like really struck me just because like this one escalator was out coming out of Penn Station. So there was like everything was kind of like funneled in. And here I am going down the steps as a million people are walking up the steps. Right. Like I'm like one of five people walking down. Everyone's coming in New York City, and I'm leaving. And I, I'm sure, I know we talked about this before, but I thought it was worth touching on. Kind of like when you notice you're doing something differently, I take that as like a huge sign and yeah, positive yeah. reinforcement. Yeah. You know, here I was like literally going against the grain yeah. visually in front of me. Like, it's a metaphor for life. Right. And I t- like I, w- I was like kind of dragging a little bit right. even before the caffeine and I like felt that and I was like oh, yeah. I'm on to something. What's the first thing that goes in your head? You're just like, "Oh my god, this is well, this yeah. is cool." Well, yeah. no, I think pro- <laughs> I think probably instinctively, right? You think you know, just talking about how we're wired and how you have to some sometimes overcome that wiring, right? right. Part of you part of you thinks like, "Wait a minute. What what's wrong here? Yeah. Yeah. Am I doing something wrong?" Yeah. Right? If everybody is going that right. way, Right. What am I? What business do I have? Like Ninety percent of the dudes are wearing suits. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, yep. I'm going to uh, a different place in Jersey. Yep. They're all going to some high-rise, probably. In Manhattan, right? Yeah. They're coming from Jersey to go to Manhattan, and you're leaving the five boroughs and, to go. And to that's New not Jersey. to say that none of those dudes are not plotting. Oh, of course. Are not. Fucking kicking ass today, doing something crazy. Yeah. Of course, thinking outside the box. Hey, there, there were probably in the that mass of humanity, right? There was probably some kid on his grind from Jersey with like uh, his demo tape yeah. taking it to the city, right? Right. Or you know, sweating. Exactly. Yeah, Somebody, putting you know, it on the line. Some kid who's got a, a portfolio of pictures he took or yeah. paintings he, he you know he uh, crafted and he's bringing them to the big city to try to, to get a chance to get right. a break or, Absolutely. you know, he's on his grind, but yes, you, you were going the opposite way that everyone else was going. Do people still commute with briefcases? They still have briefcases or a majority of it is book bags? Uh, no, I mean, I think there's a, a good, a healthy mix between briefcases, messenger bags. Just a random yeah. question that pops I don't like in my that head. Look. I don't like that look, man. I can't, you can't do a suit with, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but the suit with the book bag's not a good look. No, no. But there's plenty of people it who looks, are it's like, rocking uh, it. It looks like you're going to private school. They're like confused. But then again, it's like, what's in the briefcase? Yeah. yeah. You mean like a bomb? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, there a, is it handcuffed? Like, if there is there one document, one eight and a half by eleven? Well, if, if the guy's um, wrist is chained to the briefcase, that's usually a sign there's something important in the briefcase. It makes me think of trading places where he has the uh, orange juice report. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Check crop out crop report. Check out yeah, check out the uh, crop report. Yeah, in trading places. If you don't know what I'm talking about familiarize yourself yes familiarize yourself with young eddie murphy and young dan Aykroyd. and their best that's that's some great shit to have uh in your cypher in your in you know 
going through your pipes. What's uh, what fuel is inspiring you guys right now? What have you got? What have you been checking out lately? What have you been listening to? I know, Greg, you... Yeah, uh, I've been listening to... You know, I, I'm always looking for... It's kind of the topic of a journal entry I wrote last week, right? But it's like fuel for the fire, right? And how... If you're living, like, an inspired life or, you know, you're trying to create things um, and, you know, um, do things that are different, do things that are audacious, um, you know, step your own game up in terms of uh, creativity or effort or accomplishment that needs to be fueled by something and you know the various forms of uh, media and art are often the most productive method in terms of how uh, to keep that fuel flowing so I'm always looking for new stuff whether it's stuff to read uh, stuff to watch yeah um, you know it could be something as simple as uh, an item of clothing or a sneaker or yeah. something about you know uh, you know um, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like moving media it could just be anything in, out in the world I'm looking for stuff to inspire me and music is music has been something that's done that for me and it's like you always have to throw a log on the fire and keep it burning always you know always yeah you know you're looking to throw coal uh, you know on the on the flames so um one obvious uh method for keeping the fire burning is music so i'm always looking for new music and i'm a hip-hop head since i was eight years old so obviously um i'm always listening to new hip-hop and you know sometimes you kind of like find yourself going down the rabbit hole of youtube trying to find stuff of course um i always depend on you, you. dig now dude. i always depend on you sco to send me stuff um, oftentimes you'll, uh, you know, give me a heads up to something. And what's funny is like, you'll give me a heads up to something like five years ago <laughs> yeah. and it'll take me two years to get around to ingesting it. And then I'm still like three years ahead of the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, no, but what's great about that is then, uh, who was it? Oh, uh, ugly heroes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a mellow music group. If you don't know mellow music group, they're fucking dope. They're like, uh. Similar to like a raucous from back in the day, underground label that has like, we'll get into, maybe we'll talk about them because they have a cool business model that's like actually pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, what's cool about that is like you pick up on something and I, I recommend just checking out anything they've put out. Everything that's on their label is pretty dope. This is Ugly Heroes, right? Ugly Heroes is a group. Uh, Apollo Brown is, I think, like one of the best producers in the world is one of the three dudes rapping. Big time. One of the most underrated yeah. producers in the world for sure. Yeah. He, his shit sound. sounds like fresh, crisp, 90s rebirthed yeah. in every good way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you discover something like that and it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's like, they got three albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. It's amazing. So even if like the standard two to three gem per album average holds up yeah yeah that's 10 gems yeah oh for sure and you know i, I think i said this on the podcast before if i didn't then i thought it right but like that's always um the goal i think of uh of a creative who's working sort of in anonymity right it's to, like build up a body of work and then eventually somebody discovers it and they're able to immerse themselves in right. it right like i kind of see like the writing projects um that i work on in, in relation to our brand as being that sort of stuff right where just as i just stumbled upon ugly heroes heard one song and was hooked then like did some researching realized apollo brown was behind it and that they have you know a body of work at this point and then i'm all of a sudden excited by the opportunity to listen to all their new stuff i remember that experience with action bronson years ago right um so 
um, you stumble upon this thing. So like, you know, a lot of the times, like I write with the idea of being like, all right, it's like one more layer I'm adding to this foundation and that eventually somebody's going to stumble upon and read it. And then maybe they'll get excited about reading the rest of the stuff in the same way that I do when I hear a song and then find out that they have 50 other songs, you know, it's cool. Like when you discover somebody like you're led into their world when we were younger, like that was like a big thing. Mm Mm-hmm noticing things that like uh quentin tarantino's screenplays were all connected yeah it yeah, took yeah. place like in the same world right and then in you a see, weird way and then you see like that there's um like an ecosphere and there's all of these various animals indigenous to this ecosphere who are all somewhat related in one right. way or another so like all of a sudden you're like you start to follow each of the different animals paths you know what i mean i think music's very much like that like i remember um you know, uh, listen to hip hop in the '90s, and how uh, you'd come across one guy, and then he'd be affiliated with other guys, or yeah. like all of the offshoots from, you know, from Wu Tang or Mob Deep or those groups, and uh, you know, Nas, and how there's like on his family tree there were all these yep. artists and, and producers, awesome. and you'd be right, like, exactly. there was even a point where we were like buying cassette singles based on like where it was yeah. recorded. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, the studio, like D and D studios and shit, D and D or uh, you know, uh, right, exactly. So that's like a perfect example of that, um, you know, beat miners and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's like an exciting, an exciting process to go through. Um, another thing that I was listening to uh, that kind of caught me off guard, um, and it's like not as good in terms of like depth and dimension and wokeness on the woke meter. <laughs> Wokest bag. Stay yeah. woke. Um, but I uh, I came across. Um, the big boy killer mike young that's a jam right i still gotta hear that one oh that song is ridiculous and it's like such a weird it's like a dope it's a dope combination because it's like this uh japanese inspired production and then you have like a a combination you have like big boy who's half of maybe one of the greatest musical groups of all time sure um jeezy who at his best is like one of the hardest dope Mm -hmm. you know MCs, especially from where he's from. And then Killer Mike, who's maybe the smartest guy in rap. Yeah. Uh, who's half of Run the Jewels and uh, who's an outcast affiliate. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that song just caught me off guard, how dope and unique it is. Yeah. So he's got an album coming out, Big Boy, and Organized Noise is dropping their first album. Wow. Even though they produced all of Outcast albums. Yeah. But So apparently, like, Big Boy and Organized Noise have been, like, locked in the studio recording music for, like, Months upon months, and everybody's involved except Andre 3000. Wow. It's like, can where's I, he? Where's he? he at? He's just, he's like, he's like when Chappelle was just over it. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know he's like touring, none of that shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm just like, can I just get, you know, can he just spend an afternoon? Some people, well, go I think ghost. Chris Rock was talking about Andre 3000, and somebody was talking about, it. I think it was Chris Rock talking about Andre 3000, and Andre 3000 has to feel the way like a really beautiful woman feels. Because right. it's like at a, at a certain point you're so like at a certain point a beautiful woman must get so tired of just being hit on or yeah. being told how beautiful she is, and Andre probably gets so tired of asking people asking when the next album com- is coming and wow you're such a genius where's the rest of the music damn it's a shame there isn't more music it's like yeah. you must be like I get it yeah. <laughs> like, I get it bro the like music acting. will come when the music comes you know it's like yeah. I think people get so uh, so excited about like one artist and and their. Uh, their body work that they are basically you know thirsty for the next thing to drop it's weird how like an artist can be like so prolific and then just stop yeah yeah or like picasso like you know 
only had blue toned art for like eight years. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, but you know what? It's like they just, just like we were talking about, they're looking for uh, fuel for their fire too, yeah. and it's something to inspire their process. And when you're operating on that high a level for that long, at a certain point, it's just human nature to get bored or burned out or whatever. And you know, Andre's probably waiting for that next thing to let's hope. That's yeah. the same thing with or comedians. Like comedians do that oh, too. Sure. Where they'll have their, you know, one hour specials or they'll have their little gig yeah. and then they go away into hiding and then they rebuild that fuel yeah. for their fire and then next thing you know, boom, they come out with some more especially some more guys, heat. Especially the guys who write themselves and aren't, you know, backed by a team of writers. The guys who are actually writing their own material, that's like that's quite a process, yeah. you know, to have an hour or, of stand up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's no joke. Yeah, they they're like really make the sausage for that that's like yeah. a whole process yeah. of testing jokes yeah, and perfecting yeah. them yeah. and tweaking them and like you get to see this like masterpiece after mm -hmm. two years so of on the road work yeah midnight fucking yeah. randomly showing up to a bombing yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. crazy no for sure uh, speaking of that Chappelle's uh two new uh i haven't seen them yet are crazy same with louis ck's they uh, they just all came out like at the same time I, I saw uh, unhinged you know, Chappelle, Chappelle and Tribe right after the election was the most ridiculous thing ever. Like yeah. the couple of days later, they were on SNL together, and to get a taste of Chappelle there was just awesome because it's been a while. It's good to have him. Good to have him back. Yes, the world needs him now more than ever. Yeah. And uh, all right, so let's talk training a little bit. Okay. Greg, you got some nuggets. You just you're fresh off the out of the gym, gym yeah. sweat. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just an observation, right? Um, like this morning, I was running a little bit behind and uh, made it to the gym um, with not much time to spare. I maybe had like 35 minutes, and today's Thursday. I train legs on Thursday. It's like man, gotcha. 35 minutes to do legs in an earnest way. Like you know, it's hard. It's challenging. And I remember like being a kid. You know, or just at a point in my life where like training was everything, the end all be all to some extent in my life. And I like you needed a block of X amount of time and yeah. you needed, you know, you know, not necessarily the ideal conditions, but you wanted to have eaten properly and you're wearing the right thing, training at the right place, you know, with the right amount of rest. And you need all these things kind of lined up to do what you think is optimal. And. I sit here and I think about like how much my perspective has changed on that and like how I get excited when it's like, oh, here's the obstacle to having a great workout today. Oh, I only have a half hour to do legs. Okay, cool. What can I do in a half hour? Finding a way. Get the that's, wheels working. Right. That's yeah. going to be incredibly productive in that half hour, right? Like, you know, it's like the half hour of power. Like, how can I take that half hour and just make it, you know, crazy? So like I went through this workout. I did, um, I squatted and I superset every set of squats with something. So I did... Uh, squats with standing calf raises, squats with donkey calf raises, squats with this uh, ham tractor uh, leg curl thing for hamstrings. And you know, my legs were shot, and it was nine sets of squats, and it was superseted with nine other exercises. And, you know, that was, so that was 18 sets that I did in that 35 minutes. So, you know, it's like um, a set every two minutes or whatever it works out to, uh, which isn't even that, like, blistering a pace. Um, but, you know, you're drenched and you're huffing and puffing but like man it was like incredibly productive and i stop and i think like to think that there would have been a point in my life where i told myself like i didn't have enough time to get a good workout or whatever or and i know a lot of guys think like that and and you know will um they'll miss out on the opportunity to have that awesome session 
uh, because they feel like things haven't lined up ideally for them. And my old things like, man, like with time, you sort of um, come to know yourself and hone your craft and your priorities change. And like you, you start to realize uh, how much better it is to figure out to solve this problem of limited time in this in this situation, how to solve this problem um, and be productive and actually conquer that challenge. And then I came out of there having a leg workout that I otherwise wouldn't have had, um, you know, if I held myself to that unreasonable standard in terms of right. waiting for everything conditions. to be perfect. Exactly. Could have just done the whole thing. Exactly. Whole life. So like, I might've just missed that work. I might've just missed that whole workout completely. And it's like, why, why would I have yeah. possibly? And now you have that workout to go to exactly. next time. You're like, Oh, exactly. I only have half an hour to do legs. And I remember when I did that last time and how effective it was. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, just funny how your perspective changes and you know, that comes with time and experience. But the thing that I really learned is like, Man, it's better to do something than nothing at all, and it's amazing how substantial that something can be when you put your mind to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, it's like if if somebody said, "Oh, you know, you only have twenty minutes to do arms or shoulders." Uh, Thirty yeah. minutes of power. I yeah. like that. Yeah, half hour of power. <laughs> half hour of power. Yeah, but it's like you know, like if somebody said, "Oh man, you know, uh, oh, fuck, I only have twenty minutes." You know, you could fucking cripple yourself <laughs> yeah, in twenty yeah, minutes. Can't if lift you, your if, arms if, over your right, head if, if you're if you if your if your head's in it. Yeah, if your head's in it, and you realize like, okay, like. This isn't going to be a world's strongest man workout where every lift is a max lift. That's yeah. not what this is going to be. With five is, minutes of right, downtime, uh, right, staring exactly. at the weight. Yeah. That's not what it's going to be. <laughs> this is going to be its own form of intensity, and it's going to be productive in its own way. Um, and that's all just like you know, like it's all predicated on decisions. And yeah. it's like, all right, I'm going to decide that this is going to be a great workout, regardless of what the limitations are. That's the yeah, best the, way to train, man. And the limitations almost. The obstacle defines the workout yep. and becomes like the achievement yes, of the workout of instead of defining it and being the excuse. Right. It's kind of like, right. oh, no, I was able to do it despite that. Right. And you know what's funny, too, is like how the psychology behind it, right? Because um, in that moment, I deal with, I rest so crazy. It's not like, it's not like a lunatic, right? But I wrestle with all these existential things in that moment when I'm thinking about whether I'm going to train or not because I don't have enough time, right? So one of the things I'm wrestling with is like, uh, okay, a lot of other guys wouldn't train now, so that's why I have to, yeah. right? And then another thing was like, um, you know, now that I did it, I feel a certain way that I wouldn't have felt if I hadn't, right? So now I don't have to Your deal with the disappointment over. or the shame, yeah. the self-shaming right. that I would have felt if I hadn't figured out a way to get done. And then also like, and I know this is, this is weird and it's not really about anybody else, but like, I wanted to be able to sit here today. I knew we were going to do the podcast later and I wanted to be able to sit here today and tell people that, oh, you know what? I didn't have optimal conditions to train today and I still got it in. Yeah. I held myself to standard in large part because I wanted to be able to transmit that message to other people. Yeah. So, you know, that I found all these, you know, motivations to, to do it. They're out there, you know, like everybody has them. They just have to. You know, it becomes a a good habit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right? That's yeah. kind of the idea behind the name of vice, right? right. Is that yep. it's yep. make it something uh, you, I'm not, I wouldn't say get addicted to. Right. But just that mentality. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it becomes muscle memory. Yes. Psychologically over time. Absolutely. To confront problems. It's like, it's the same way, you know, I wanted to talk about food and diet a little today, yeah, too. Yeah. When you go grocery shopping, if you only have 100 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever your budget is, it's the same way. Find a way mm-hmm. to get the nutrients and everything that you need to get for that amount of money to eat well. Yep. 
even when you might have limited resources. You know, yeah, don't sure. be like, oh, well, I got to eat fucking ramen because I don't have money. Right. You know, there's a there's a better way to do it. Make that the challenge, you know, and confront the challenge. Don't make it the excuse oh, for sure. that you run yeah. from. You know? Absolutely. Uh, speaking speaking of food, uh, I got to give a plug to my to my boy Christian Coronado, nice. uh, who uh, is uh, quite an entrepreneur in his own right and is a, a trained chef uh, with a culinary school background who started his own food prep uh, service, and uh, he's made two drops at my house um, of these incredibly uh, clean, delicious, well-crafted meals um, that are inexpensive and uh, just go down really easy. And I was I was saying, too, it was like, you know, I think, I think I'm, like, used to, like, eating, like, more carbs and then, like, meals that have, like, olive oil and, yeah. you know, Kerrygold butter, whatever, added to it, right? <laughs> and it, like, turns, you know, turns a... a uh, you know what's a healthy meal into something that's like kind of substantial and sticks to your ribs in a way, right? And Christian's meals are so clean that I find myself yeah. just ripping through them, and like by the time I finish it, like I feel like I'm almost hungry again uh, because it's just they're just these incredibly just uh, clean, you know, easy to digest meals. So, he has that culinary background too, so anything he makes, too, yes. I'm eating. The, that's what it is he's always posting the pictures yeah. and i'm like god damn I'm yeah. like, shout out to him and his girl too they got a uh, uh a baby on the way yes, so yeah. that's that's awesome yes they do uh beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing we need more people like christian and christy making human beings in this world that's one way one way to cure what don't, ails us. don't rush us is to, <laughs> is to bring more more uh to have more good people raising For good real. people how do we get his his meals you, uh, his website? you can go to christiancoronado.com okay and he's on instagram at at c coronado um, so you and he is G code fam. You he can uh, fam. just look for the calves. That's where you find yeah. them. <laughs> just, look, just look for his calves. Calves near you. Yes, yes, exactly. Like the bat symbol. Just look to the. the he's guy actually the, the mascot. He's the mascot for the calves. I think. <laughs> uh, look to the guy calves. in the shorts with the calves, and uh, he will feed you. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, it's just uh, I, I had to give him a shout because uh, I was just blown away by the meals. And you know, it's funny because you know I. Uh, Go out of my way online to talk about you know how well Tara feeds me, and that's a fact. Uh, for 17 years now, she has made incredible food, um, oftentimes ultra healthy food uh, that's also delicious. And uh, the idea that Christian's kind of taking a little pressure off her, uh, I know she's got to be enjoying because yeah. you know it's enough to take care of the three babies and and deal with my ass. But uh, you know she also is an incredible uh, homemaker and. Uh, yeah, so Christian's taking a little bit of the heat off her in terms of food prepping, uh, which I know she's got to love. So, so uh, now that you've had such a clean meal, are you yes. looking to the next meal thinking like you uh, need to keep it going? Well, no, like, I mean, yeah. That's do you have some room to spare? Well, it's like <laughs> you, you, you want to keep the streak alive. That's, right. that's the only problem. So you're, you're torn between the fact that you're hungry again um, and now you're like, oh, well, I, that meal was clean, so maybe I have a little bit of latitude here. But then at the same time, you're like, all right, well, Got right, something actually, going. Yeah, exactly. Got a little something going. I got momentum here. I'm going to be shredded at this pace. Did a 30 pace. minute workout. Got the That's clean it. meal. That's it. That's it. Before you know it, you got a whole day. <laughs> whole it. day in the bank. That's it. I'm Eating. Dieting is so difficult. How's that? How's that going for you, young man? It's you going good, man. I'm I'm losing to, weight. The road to 198. Road to 198. A lot of salads in your life. I noticed that. Yeah, a lot of greens. Well, I'm an Italian, so I love salad as it is. You just put some olive oil and vinegar on it. I'm good it's to go. Meal. Give me some pepperoni <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've been training with uh, my younger brother's girl. Uh, she's a D1 soccer player. Just uh, graduated this past year, and she's got me doing these things like, you know, core planks different variations planks. of planks these walks 
And dude, at the end of this workout, I am shot. I'm yeah. sweating. My heart's fucking pumping. And I'm like, I feel gratitude. I'm like, this is great. I feel it. I feel like I'm losing the weight. And then on top of a diet, it's just, it's a great feeling, man. Training like an athlete. Yeah, man. And plus it's, you know, it's crazy when you train with different people uh, that have these different, uh, you know, hobbies. Yeah. And these different approaches. Cause you just learn all these different things that you just, you know, it's keeping them, keeping up, your man. mental. Yeah. But it's great. So yeah, still on that, doing the rows, working on the core and just, you know, dropping weight. It's been going good. Nice. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not an easy thing. It's a, it's a, it's a pattern of behavior, you know, as much as it's anything. Right. And then, you know, like this is the first time that I've ever bought prepared meals in my life. Right, getting them from Christian, uh, largely to support my boy. But then you know you get come to understand the convenience of it, and if they're not crazy expensive, it's you know it's worth you know it's worth uh, how it, it's worth a little bit maybe of an extra investment if you can swing it in the name of kind of keeping yourself on point and you know accounting for those meals because that's one of the biggest parts of it, right? It's like um, the thing that's going to hold you accountable and keep you on point is having that food available to you, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I know, oh, like, yeah. I know you put time aside. That's a huge, a yeah. huge factor, man. Like, I try to cook at least, like, one big bulk batch of healthy food because yeah. I know if I don't have... There's right. going to be once or twice a yeah. week where if I don't have food ready, yeah. like, I'm going to get the quickest, yeah, nearest you're go, shit. Right. You're going to fall off the wagon. And that just of, fucks everything out up. Out of yeah. convenience more than yeah. anything, out of necessity. And that's the thing. So it's like having that clean food on hand. And it's funny because it's like that was just always like the way of life, the bodybuilding way of life. And yeah. it's like funny because like I, I trail it back to like when I was coming up and like the OGs carried the igloo coolers, which is why I still do, where you make, you know, you make your food ahead of time and then you bring it with you because it makes it easier, one, to get the calories in that you need. And to it, you having food available keeps you from eating bullshit. Resistant. So like, right. Um, but now like food prep is a thing. It's like yeah. a cultural thing, oh, yeah. you know, and there's like bags for it, like fancy $80 bags Critics. for it. And it's like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's, you know, people online who are like, that's one of the, the motifs of, uh, you know, uh, their online persona is meal prepping. But I know that's something that you do on a regular basis, right? You, yeah, every we, Sunday. We, we Don't get me wrong. We we all do to some extent. But I know like like a large part of it with in my house, just from a, like a level of practicality, will be like, okay, so Tara's going to make dinner. Right. But dinner means like f not including like feeding the babies because that's a whole other thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But in terms of dinner for she and I, it'll be four meals, probably the one I'm going to eat now, the one she's going to eat and then two for me to eat yeah. at another point. Yeah. Right. Like that. So that's kind of like the our practical approach to you how have that to. works. Because right? who has time to cook? Right. Every single meal right, exactly. right before you eat it. It's, it's, it sounds like an amazing life. <laughs> but like I know he I know uh, Der Malone has like an actual uh, sort of ritual and a time when he does it and to just kind of talk about that. Yeah, it's uh, quick. What's, what's your process? I mean, the big thing is, like you said, not you're not getting off the wagon and, you know, trying to stay on course. So the big thing for me is every Sunday, uh, you know, in the wee hours of the evening, I will just meal prep. And it's funny because, you know, as you go along in your journey and your training, you kind of figure out what your body likes and what it doesn't. And, like, my whole thing is asparagus, rice, and chicken. Those are, like, the three things. You got your carbs, you got your protein, and you got a veggie. And I just put the rice cooker on, put the rice in, put the veggie on top of the, you know, the top tray, mm -hmm. let that cook, and then just cook some chicken. Whether I grill it, I boil it, I, you know, I don't know, throw it on the pan. It, it's, it all varies, and then, you, you you know, you mix it up. You know what I found that I like? Well, yeah, first of all, <clears throat> just the idea of, like, the... Uh, I was talking uh, a couple years ago, I, I had 
um, just because I was like hearkening back to like the um, like my earliest experiences with food prep and thinking about like college and making protein in bulk, right? So I got a Foreman grill, yeah, um, because I, yeah. which still exists in the yeah. world, by the way, but um, because of just how efficient they are, right? Like the idea is like, oh man, you know. Set I don't it. have time to make food. But Set it like, and forget it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, you get the Foreman grill fired up, and then you make food, make rice and veggies in a rice cooker. Yeah. It's like there is not, that is, like, yeah. the least effort you If you're can 20 make. and you don't own a Foreman grill, yeah. you're doing yeah. <laughs> And a rice cooker is, like, the best $25 investment yeah. you ever make. Um, right. So, like, and then, like, another thing, like, the other, a new, if you want, like, the grown-up version of uh, the Foreman grill, it would be uh, take, like, a, you know, like a baking sheet. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, line it with uh, aluminum foil, or that you know, you could throw chicken breasts on there. You throw um, uh, chicken thighs on there, season them, and you know, you put them in the oven, and you know, set it and, it's and forget it. Else. Set it and forget <laughs> it, and it's done. And it's like so that's like a really uh, low maintenance way of staying on point. And it's cool. You find out all these different gems too, like uh, hang out with Evan Santapani through the years. You realize. He does all this crazy shit. Like, yeah. so now I'm throwing, you know, turmeric in the rice, right, sure. and mm-hmm. then I'm putting some uh, parsley or cilantro, sure. whatever it may yeah. be, and then it welts down to nothing, and it just flavors your rice. And there's so many different things you can do oh, for sure. And that's like it's it's adding to the toolbox, right? And it's like, uh, or you know, people's takes on um, it's 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 adding to the toolbox by paying attention yeah. to you know other people who are doing what you do. Maybe some people who are more advanced than you doing what you do. Uh, and you learn along the way, you know. Do you, do you have like a go-to, uh, like a substitute for a cheat meal? Like we were talking a little yeah. bit last episode last week about uh, the diet soda and varying the diet soda right, and sure. how that's like a reprieve. Sure. In the midst of the bland. Yeah, yeah. Diet, diet sodas, hot sauce. So right? hot yeah, sauce oh, hot sauce is right? huge for me, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got like fifty different kinds, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that to me, like, I could put that on chicken, yeah. and I consider that in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Fifty different meals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's like, do I want the mango habanero today, right, or right. I want like just plain old Tabasco? Yeah. I'm salivating right now. <laughs> um, Tapatio. Do you have like a go-to or a favorite kind of substitute where like you're kind of tricking your brain right. into thinking like you're splurging, but you really didn't fuck your day up? Right, right. Well, you know, I, I, one of the things that I always point to is like, uh, is that it's often about um, method of delivery, right? So it's like you can use some a lot of the same ingredients. But just how you prepare them can completely change the experience. Yeah. So, like one thing I came up with was the G Diesel pancake trademark. Um, but you know, you've seen that a thousand other people do it over the years. Um, but my version of it was, you know, basically taking that standard breakfast meal, which might be um, egg whites or whole eggs and oatmeal, you know, maybe with some fruit on the side, and uh, turning it into a pancake. Right. So basically, taking a blender and adding, you know, a couple oats. Uh, a couple whole eggs, a few ounces of uh, liquid egg whites, uh, ripe banana, cinnamon. Blueberries even, yeah. Yeah, sure. Add, then it's like, you know, whatever you want to add at that point. Um, but, you know, just have that base that turns and creates a batter. Blend it up and then do it in a pan with, you know, Kerrygold or coconut oil or whatever. And, uh, you know, as cinnamon, it goes a long way um, in that um, in that recipe. And then just, you know, kind of preparing them and... Uh, now all of a sudden you're eating a pancake as opposed to, you know, eggs and a bowl of oatmeal and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like, and it, it, what's great about them too is that like, uh, you're taking that nutrition, you know, that kind of core, um, 
bodybuilding basic nutrition of um, eggs and oatmeal. But now you've created a pancake that you can eat while you're driving in the car. It's a lot it's, easier than eating eggs and, it's, and it's, oatmeal. Yeah, in the car. it's a lot easier to eat. It's another thing that's real easy to cook yeah. in a huge batch yeah. that yeah. doesn't go bad. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it, exactly. We'll cook them on a Sunday, Sunday like you were talking, Travis, yeah. and have a... Have a big stack in the fridge because yeah. inevitably there's gonna be at least like two or three mornings yep. where it's like, oh shit, yep. enough time to make a full breakfast. Yep. We gotta make a video out of the G Diesel pancakes. Yeah, I've will, tried that it. That will definitely happen. Banging. Yeah, yeah it's it is good, good, man. I put like the you don't only need thing anything. I add to it. That I, I put a little like agave on it. Right. You a know what I mean? A little syrup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a little like agave yeah, yeah, on sure. it. Goes a long way. With the cinnamon in it, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Taro, Taro had like chocolate chips to it. You know, oh yeah, I mean, you could put, you could put like yeah. you could put um, Kerrygold butter on them, whatever. You know, this there's, there's a hundred other directions you can go with them. Um, like you were saying, you could do blueberries or what add whatever kind of. Always, fruit you I like always to. put blueberries yeah, and banana in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A ripe banana goes a long way because it's sweet and it, it kind of adds that sweetness to the pancake. Yeah, adds, adds some texture to it. But like, definitely it's funny helps with the texture. They're like a lot of the the uh, my buddies who are still friends of mine to this day who are big supporters of what we do. Guys like uh, like Aunt Tedesco. Um, Steve Scalia, those guys still eat them to the, to this day, um, yeah. and it's something you know, like started talking about like ten years ago. So it's 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 cool um, that that the idea and the recipes endured, and I think it has because it's simple and it works. Makes um, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's like you know, uh, it's another one of those things. Like I said, you can eat it while you're driving. It, not only is it like a worthwhile breakfast substitute, but it's great for like a pre-workout snack yeah. you know what i mean like you're driving to the gym and you're drinking you know your pre-workout you're drinking your vice um you can snack on one of those and it's like nice clean fuel that's easily digested you know what i've yeah. been doing recently i've been uh take a big tortilla right and i'm trying to keep the fats high and the carbs all i take a big tortilla right put it on a saucepan throw some low-fat cheese on it yeah, yeah. get some grilled chicken yeah. kind of you know tear it off throw it in there make it with some spinach Hilla. Ah. And mm. then you top that with another tortilla. You yeah. get a golden brown on the one yeah, side, yeah. flip it, shh, golden brown the other, yeah. cut it into fours. Make good to go. A damn quesadilla. Good that to go. Sounds, yeah. That sounds like we might have to do that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like on the I same. Want pancakes or quesadilla right now. <laughs> it's along the same lines you as, you know. and get both. That <laughs> healthy cheat. That? I, we might be able to work that out. I, uh, yeah, Tara, that's a quesadilla is like another one of those things, right? Where um, you can really control the ingredients of it, make one that's delicious, kind of feel like you're eating, you know, yeah, dirty food, but you can keep it pretty clean, yeah, and um, tastes awesome. Throw the hot sauce on there, yeah. you're good to go. That's yeah. all you need. And it's like that's another one of those things that you could prepare those. And like I said, it's all about like the choices you're making, right? But you uh, choose a particular cheese, whether you know whether it's a low fat one or whether you're all about fat. Um, you know, so you're using, you know, like a, um, you know, just like a healthy kind of harder cheese, yeah. um, do like a whole wheat wrap or a low carb wrap, yeah. something along those lines. Right. And you're making your chicken breast, right. And you're seasoning all that stuff. You add hot sauce to it and whatever, um, you know, you're, um, say sauteing it or whatever, or, you know, even pressing it like on a panini press or that kind of thing. Right. So all of a sudden you kind of made what's, you know, a healthy alternative to like a traditional quesadilla. And that's another thing that you could eat on the run. You can easily make one of those, put yeah. it in a Ziploc baggie while you're driving. You don't need to heat yeah. it up. Just taste it. Is right. yeah. And it tastes <laughs> awesome. So it's like, you know, um, it, the idea that every meal you have has to be plain chicken breast, plain rice. Like, I understand why guys think that way. And I know that there's dudes who are machines who put themselves in a certain mode of operation. And it's like, food is only fuel and it's not for their pleasure. But like, it's I'm, like, I'm not to there. me, that's like sex is only for procreating. Right, right, of I just can't. I, know, I, I completely agree. <laughs> like there I has to agree. be both. I, I completely agree. Uh, I, I respect that sort of uh, Spartan way of thinking. 
but of it's, course. Not, it's not who I am. Yeah. Um, so like I, I love food too much, um, but at the same time I still you know have goals with my training and stuff. So I'm trying to figure out how to live in both worlds at the same time. You know. Um, there you go. Yeah, and there's, there's like a, there's a hundred other things too. Like if you ever make uh, sugar-free pudding and add protein powder to it. It's ridiculous. I got to get on that way. That's ridiculous. And it's like, uh, then you're like totally. Um, you don't miss anything. No, you don't yeah. miss anything. Because sugar-free pudding tastes exactly like regular pudding, right? And it's like, you know, chocolatey or vanilla or whatever your flavor is. You add some protein powder to it. And all of a sudden, you you just ate like a, you know, uh, 30, cal- 30 grams of protein in like a 100-calorie snack. Um, not to uh, that's delicious, you know. What I mean? Dude, we got to do videos, man. We got to make videos on these. Yeah, we haven't, yeah, we haven't made the food videos yet, but that'll be that's the, the next, the next we will, evolution we, of what we, we will be. G code 360, yes, we'll yes. cover it all. Not to uh, give you something you probably shouldn't have a lot of, yeah, but yeah. man, I gotta put you up on this. So, Cool Whip now makes this okay. made from real cream, okay? Cool Whip, okay? So, it's like Cool Whip obviously is like tons of shit. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't Well, taste that's another good, thing, though. So, like, if you take the Cool Whip, and you can add Cool Whip, because Cool Whip is basically zero calories, basically. Right. So you can add Cool Whip to that sugar-free that's pudding That's why I, that's my like, girl got me on, like, this pudding train. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm all about that pudding. In conjunction life. with the real <laughs> cream Cool Whip, because yeah. that was always, like, my thing with Cool Whip. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking of something, like, synthetic spray out of a... I know it's not. No, no, but I get it. Go ahead. So it's, like, it's the real thing. Like, if I'm going to do it... Right, if yeah. I'm gonna put Cool Whip on something, yeah. like I want it to be, I don't want it to have a hundred chemical fucking ingredients. Right. I want it to be something yeah, more yeah. whole foodsy. Yeah, yeah. And now they make this re- do it, and the taste, like yeah, yeah. once you try yeah, the yeah. full, the fully leaded Cool Whip, yeah, yeah. you won't want to try to go back. But that's because you can taste the. It's like the real egg versus the, like. Are we talking yeah, yeah. the one in a tub or the spray? Oh no, they make it in a tub now. Well, you know, but like what's interesting, right? Like that I always, I mean, Cool Whip, like it, it's only cool because that's like the um, method of delivery again. Cool. That makes it most <laughs> delicious and most, uh, and keeps it gelatinous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like it's basically frozen non-dairy creamer. Yeah. And like I think that non-dairy creamer, don't quote me on this, but I think non-dairy creamer is only refrigerated at the store to make you think it's like a dairy product. <laughs> yeah. Because it's basically oh, right. just like various oils mixed in water. Right. And they could and they sell the powdered shit in the other aisle. They right. could easily just sell sell the other thing. I think it's all marketing that yeah. that shit's even uh, refrigerated in the first place. <laughs> That's interesting. But I think Cool Whip and that, and that stuff are like basically the same thing. Yeah. I think it's basically the same Sort I'll of check stuff. that out. And there's not. A, there's not. There, I, I'm not saying it's 100 facts. facts, but I think there's like not much macronutrients. Send us, uh, send us your emails. <laughs> I'd say that there's not much macronutrients in either of them, though they're all delicious. Uh, there's not not many macronutrients or or not much that is derived if from nature. If you are a in powdered dairy things. lobbyist, <laughs> reach out. Pseudo dairy. We, yeah, pseudo dairy. Faux dairy. We want to get to the bottom of this. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> You all right? You all right? <laughs> Once we oh revive God. G. He's choking on the Cool Whip. My bad. Once we revive G, we'll be right back. G actually has a little message for you, and uh, we'll be back for part two of episode three of The Squadcast. In the name of conquering your local territory before you take over the world, just trying to announce that we have a training day set up, a gym event at the world-famous Vinnie Galanti's training station, uh, 1300 Route 17 North in Ramsey, New Jersey, North Jersey, taking the movement to the north 
uh, where there'll be weights, vice, and life. So come on out, spend some time with the crew, and if it's too far a drive or planes don't fly from where you live to Ramsey, New Jersey, if that's the case, uh, check out the journal in the media section on gcodenutrition.com. Get a little taste of what we're all about, check out our videos, and pick up the G-Code Volume 1, which is available there now. Welcome back to So uh, we just had a little little convo. We'll let you in on. So, Greg, you uh, noticed a little something with a buddy recently. Yeah. In terms of greatness. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was um, like just for a little insight. Anybody was like my friend on Facebook or on you know follows me on Twitter or whatever. It's like there was a point where I was like really uh, productive in terms of like posting philosophical uh, sort of monologues or just like inspirational quotes or, or just like my thoughts, just sort of things in my process. Like I said, like some of the best things that I've ever written or the most inspired moments I've ever had were just instances of me reminding myself about something but doing so publicly and then hopefully in doing so publicly you're able to connect with somebody else who's going through something similar, right? Yeah. Um, so... Lately, I haven't been posting that much of that kind of stuff online because when I have those impulses mm-hmm. or I have those thoughts, instead I've thought, okay, write a journal entry about it for G-Code and then share it to people, uh, you know, share it with people through that mode, but do it in a way that's a little bit more uh, well thought out and mm-hmm. a little bit more crafted and a little bit more substantial as opposed to just like, you know, a, li- a line. Yeah. Um, but today I was inspired to actually post something uh, because I had a buddy who... Um, you know, I, I think one of the common themes of his life for the past couple of years, and one of the ways that I think he and I, uh, relate, um, was that for a long time, he felt a little bit like he had a lot more to offer the world than what he was doing. And I felt that way as well, but I was always trying to do productive things with that energy. Um, and in instances where... I, um, you know, felt oppressed or felt underappreciated or whatever, um, instead of kind of being, you know, shrugging my shoulders and saying, ah, that's just the way it is and being depressed about it or being bitter or any of that stuff. I just tried to channel all of that energy into creating stuff. Yeah. And then, um, with the idea being of like creating a new reality for myself. Um, and when he would talk to me and strike on some of those same notes over the years i would encourage him to do something with it I know, i'm like yeah i get it yes yep. i know how you feel yeah. yes you channel you're, it yes you're justified in feeling that way do something with it do yeah. something about it take those feelings and pump them into something that's yours yeah um that you don't need to have anybody sign off on that you don't need anybody's permission to do you know um do something that you believe in that you feel strongly about that's yours and uh you know don't look for anybody's approval or, or whatever. You know, just be yourself and create this thing for yourself and good things will happen. Yeah. Um, so I posted today because um, I had seen that he had taken a step to do something along those lines. And I was yeah. incredibly prou- proud of him. So I actually went out of my way to post a, a little uh, nugget a on nug. Facebook today. A little, little nug on Facebook today. And I just said, contrary to popular opinion, you don't have to ask anybody for permission to be great. This is your life. 
I like that. And I think we I like all that. kind of find ourselves in that place from time to time where whether it's your family or your significant other or your boss or your friends or whatever group of people are in your life that have a strong influence over you and your daily operation, you kind of feel the need to clear yeah. with them yeah. your passions or to get them to sign off on or believe in your ambitions. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately the people who really love you and support you will be there for you no matter what. They'll be there for you when you fuck up and yeah, they'll also yeah, be there yeah. for you when you triumph yeah. and they'll be there for you when you're trying to express yourself to be the greatest you you can possibly be. So there comes a point in every man's life where he is no longer, you know, looking for anyone else's approval and doesn't want to ask permission anymore to be himself and to be the best person he can be. Yeah. Um, because ultimately this is his life. You know, and if you if you give up, you know, if you give up power of attorney to your dream your whole life um, and you you uh, sort of submit to other people's will and you you abdicate to them, um, you know, you're going to find yourself in a place of, of real regret that you never took the reins on your life. And just even doing that, regardless of the result, it's like nourishment for the soul. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so empowering to feel like you have put some effort into being in control of your own destiny and not living your... Is there any worse feeling than like, I can't quit this job because I can't lose this... I can't do that because I might lose my job, so I'm trapped in a job that I hate with a boss who doesn't respect me or like give me opportunity. The the the, the We talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, but just the t taking that step reinforcing, you know, putting out of the world, manifesting it, not yeah, just keeping so. that inside you, Yep. putting it out into the world. It kind of pays for itself, no yeah. matter what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you get dividends back from that. Of course. You know, of course, just, just how, how empowering you just use that word, how empowering it is to take control and share something with the world. That's that originated inside of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That isn't, tainted by the views or opinions of others but kind of uh, holding something inside of you that's pure and that's truly your expression of yourself and then sharing that with the world like what an empowering thing that is you know yeah i think a lot of times people are kind of like in a prison of their own making you know absolutely society or your family or your workplace circumstances like yeah they give you like these there are these arbitrary rules that really aren't real yeah and that's why they love People love rock stars and rebels because they're seeing other people yeah. defy, you know, like the David Bowie's, just people who are so fucking out there. Kanye. Kanye. Well, yeah, I mean, why they hate them also of sometimes. Course. Oh, very much so. Because their existence is like, oh, don't remind me that I'm trapped in this make-believe prison. Yep. <laughs> like if you're on the other side of the wall, like telling me I could be there yeah, and yeah. I don't go there, what does that say about me? Right. They don't want to have that reminder it's better go away yeah, yeah. i don't i don't want to know that i could maybe there's no reason why i can't take a risk or have what i want right. i'd rather think i'm trapped yeah but once you poke through that illusion you know on yeah. the other side is is there's a lot to uh, to benefit uh, to a reward to be reaped right 
you know, when oh, you cross I, that threshold. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, a lot of it comes back to um, nature and, uh, you know, uh, what's innately in you. Yeah. But at the same time, right, I feel like uh, how you're raised and uh, the nurturing that you go through in your environment, I think, forms your opinion of these things. You know, yeah. I, I see so many people online talking about things like participation trophies, right, or the damage that can be done by telling your kids they can be anything, right? How people have really grown to reject those concepts. Right. And, like, you know, I'm not for people necessarily feeling entitled to anything beyond... What they've know, earned. Right. What yeah. they've earned or just the basics of hu- human yeah. life on Earth, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it but, is a meritocracy in right. certain ways. Like, you you know, you're not just going to get that job because no, you want not. it. Right, yeah. of course. Of course, you need to do something to earn those things, right? Um, but, uh, you know... I feel like I'm largely uh, who I am or who I'm trying to be or who I'm becoming because of uh, the example my parents set for me and them embedding me with the idea that I was capable in yeah. a way that maybe other people weren't you know, it, and that it was you know. okay to be different and that, you know, I said one of the, the greatest gifts, and I didn't really understand what it was when I was a kid, but one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave me uh, was just their faith in me. And my dad kind of teaching me, you know, what I've come to term self-actualization, the idea that, oh, that thing you want to be, that thing you see in your head, you can be that if you want it bad enough, you know? And it wasn't about, oh, you can be that if you get lucky. And, oh, you know, you can be that if you hit the lottery. Or, oh, you know, you can be that if somebody likes you or somebody approves of you. It was like, no, 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 you have that in you. Are you willing to do what it takes to To bring it out? To believe in yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And having that foundation of positive reinforcement yeah. goes a long way. It's but I, fucking huge, man. I mean, I also think that it's like, I really believe this. I've seen it in people's lives. Yeah. It's just like getting in shape. Yeah. You can gradually get better at it and learn how to do it. Oh, for sure. There are definitely people who have been, if you want to use the word nurtured, nurtured into or steered into that negative way of thinking but you can break out of it. You don't sure. just like wake up one day and you're an entirely different person and there isn't that negative voice in your head. But you can attack it and, and chip away at it yeah. just like you can get in better shape. It took a long time to get into bad shape. It's going to take just as long to get out. But you can still do it. Yeah. And for some people, they might be naturally closer to that point. Of so it might be a little easier. Like with your foundation that you talked about, right, you're right. blessed to have. Right. And for others, it might take a little more effort, right. but it'll be even more rewarding. Right. You oh, know, it's not, you're not trapped by the conditions of your life. Right. It is not insurmountable. Right. You can chip away. Yep. You can make it muscle memory yeah, yeah. by repeating it over and over and over again. It's like, do you want to repeat the positive thought or the negative thought? Yep. I think a big part of that, too, is like you said more effort opposed to like people that don't need as much effort to get where they want to be. And that goes hand in hand with time. I think a lot of people by the norms of society are just like, Oh, I'm too old to do this. Or, you know, time is not on my side. Or I'm too young to do this. Yeah. Or you're too young. The whole thing is just that that mentality where you, okay, maybe you just have to put in the extra effort and that goes hand with, you know, a little bit more extra time where people are like, I'm 27 or I'm 28 and I don't have two cars in a house by now. You know, why? Yeah. 
Get maybe it. it comes a little bit later. Right. Maybe, you know, you got to put more work in, and you know. Was, right. And, 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 you know, that's just some arbitrary standard that somebody set that you bought into. Exactly. You know, it's all that stuff is bullshit. It's, you know, it's ultimately what, what you, how you define success, how you define happiness, you know, how you define fulfillment. Yeah. That's, you know. There is no, there is no timetable. No. There is none. Yeah. I, I uh, read something this morning. I'm really big into motocross and supercross. And this man by the name of Ryan Dungey, who is just prestigious, all-out, hardworking athlete in his little subculture of uh, motocross, he's been riding for the past seven years and has won championship after championship. Yeah. And this year, he was a little off his game, but he still won the championship by the skin of his teeth. And he today um, said that he was going to retire which is him essentially going out on top. What is your thoughts on going out on top? Well, I think, uh, first of all, like far be it for me, I'd really dislike when people do this, like to judge like where someone else is at and their decision to like end something or to keep it going. Like you're under no obligation to the rest of the fucking world to keep going just for their entertainment. Yeah. If you want to play till you can't, you know, if you're Kobe Bryant, you want to pay... A play until like you you know your feet snap you know you can't walk then so be it right. if you're a boxer and or a running back and you're like you know what mm -hmm. i don't want to have a concussion and i'm done like you you do what makes you happy and i don't think anyone's really in a place to judge someone else i think it's great obviously to go out on top but i think if you like if you're i think if you're going out on top if you're making the decision because of Strictly because of like legacy and how you're viewed. Yeah. My thought is that maybe it, now that maybe he's gone through all this process and still came to the same conclusion. Maybe you're making the decision for other people more for. I think that's part of it too, self. because most sports, depending on their repercussions, like motocross is a is a hard fucking sport, man. Yeah. All it takes is one mistake, and you're over the bars, and you break multiple things. Your lungs collapse, yeah. whatever it may be. Same thing with boxing, football. So I think in that vein, as far as going out on top, I can look at it where it's like, you know, it's an admirable thing to do. Yeah. I can see both sides of it too, right? Like I can see like Barry Sanders, who retired as the best best football player in the game, yeah. best running back in yeah. the game, you know, one of the very best ever. And he went out on top before he had hurt himself in a way that was irreparable or, you know, obviously with concussions and everything we're learning about it you know, uh, damage his brain or whatever, you know, he went yeah. out when he was ready to go out and when he was ready to go out, he was still the best. So there's like, there's nothing that's going to happen in terms of on the field that will damage his legacy. Yeah. Right. So your only impression of him was at the height of excellence. Yeah. And there are players who have done that, who never trailed off in their performance at all and went out on top. And like, I tip my cap to them at the same time. I see the flip side of it. Right. And I see what it is to be like, um, Dr. J or Holyfield, or Jordan, yeah. right? Or guys who played a little bit past their prime, yeah. right? And uh, Or guys who came back, and like like this is an example of a guy who came back and still dominated, but like Phelps, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. if you told me Phelps was going to come back in 2020, mm -hmm. and but in 2020 he's only going to win a bronze medal and a gold and two silvers, yeah, I'd be like... Yeah, but he's still <laughs> competing. That with would the, be almost as impressive right, exactly. as what he's, he's done. He's still yeah. competing at the highest level with the very best guys. He's just not as great as he once was, which was the greatest that ever was. Yeah. yeah. And 
one, it's very difficult to judge that situation not through the lens of those guys. Yeah. And then secondly, too, what you have to also remember is that there's a window. Brett Favre is another example, right? There's a window, yeah. right? And some of these guys have to see that and have the vision to see it. A guy like Jordan, a guy like Brett Favre, who see like, okay, I only have, you know, I my let's say my game is 25% down in terms of productivity from yeah. what it once was at my peak, Okay. Um, and but each year that passes, that that number you know is going to grow exponentially, and eventually it won't even be an option anymore for me to get on the court to get on the field. So here I am at thirty six or thirty seven or thirty eight or forty one or whatever, and I'm still competitive, and I'm still better than most guys. I'm just yeah. not as great as I once was. Yeah. But and I can technically play right now. Yeah. But five years from now, I can't play ever again. Yeah. So who the fuck is anybody to say to no, you? It's all on your own terms. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're still competitive and you still have that fire and there's still right. a reason for you to justify going out there yeah. and you're and people still want to pay you to do it, then who the fuck's business is exactly. it? Or whether you're as great as your legacy, you know, once dictated you would be or whatever. It's looking at it like this. If Tom Brady was to retire right now, and then Peyton Manning retired yeah, yeah. when he did. Yeah, yeah. These guys are still legends, great. Oh my god. You yeah. can't hold anything back. And no from one's him. gonna. It is what it is. Think yeah. less of Tom Brady if yeah. he, you know, goes eleven and five instead of right. thirteen and three right. next year. But right. seriously, Tom, <laughs> retire, man. If you you fucking <laughs> you killed the Falcons, yeah, no. please. I'm a Dolphins fan, please. <laughs> you, right. Get rid of him. If you play, you know, one year past your prime or two years past your prime, but you're still competitive, people are still coming out to watch you. Uh, these franchises are still willing to pay you, um, and you, and it's still something that's worthwhile for you them by all means you know yeah most it's, people play it smart too where they'll find an outlet where it's like okay i can still be embodied in this sport through broadcasting or right. doing something else well it's like another thing you see i mean again it's all about being in that person's shoes and you don't know what factored into their decision right it's a business decision sometimes it's a family decision there's a whole lot of elements but like there's also the Kind of like the public outcry, like the outrage when Barry, like how how dare Barry Sanders retire? Right. Almost like with the tone of like the undertone of like, what else is he gonna do with his life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, like there's course. like this idea in society yeah. that like, oh, you only get to do one thing, yeah, yeah. and you can't be, you can't be, other than what I say you are, yeah, the box that I put course. you in. Of course. And again, like, like kind of bring it back. I was talking about how, like, you know, you can turn things around, you can change, it might take even more effort, you might be at a further starting point, yeah. but I think I told you about this guy once, and, God, I gotta find, remember his name, but listening to Bill Burr talk about Bill Burr, the comedian, there was a comedian who was a mentor to him and a lot of other comedians in his generation, and this guy was an alcoholic till he was, like, 40-something, and he got in a car accident with a family, he collided with, like, a family in another van and they miraculously survived but it was like two cars totaled yeah and he stopped he was like drunk every day of his life till that point and after that point didn't drink again and after that point he got into comedy more he started becoming a mentor he started sneaking into um shipping containers and traveling the world Via what? shipping container. What? He went to like 50 countries. He ran the Boston Marathon like 25 times. Like he ran like 100 marathons. Like he went from like the least healthiest guy in the world to like the most healthiest right. guy in the world. Literally a line in the sand, life A, life B. Enlightenment. 
Yeah, he life kind of forced him to make a call, right? And it doesn't obviously doesn't always work out that way, but it just goes to show that life can put you in this like little box and you can work your way out of it. You know, mm-hmm. you could go against your environment, your genes, sure. everything. Like there's always a way, you know. You're bringing it back to going against the grain too, right? It's like, yeah. and, and you know, about asking anybody's permission to be great. You know, you define yourself, you know. When we were talking about um, the athlete playing past his prime and stuff, right, and how society views that guy, um, instead of appreciating for the, them for the legend that they are, um, they'll, you know, talk down on somebody who played a year too long, right? And you also kind of look at the, you know, you see athletes sometimes through uh, the sad lens of the post-glory days, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea that, like, your glory days are often how you define them, right? Like, and I've always been a forward-looking guy, right? But there was a point in my life I would have fucking given you 20 years off my life I would have given you my left leg if I could have played in the NBA there was yeah. a point in my life where there's yeah. nothing I wouldn't have done nothing <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have done right and but now like sometimes you see guys who are 34 years old mm-hmm. and they're lost because they're not playing ball anymore mm-hmm. right and what was the mountaintop for them they're already coming down the back side of it and they're still young men it's sad, yeah. and it's sad Right, and they're wrong. Oh, they're completely wrong. But it's either they've bought into what somebody else has told them, yeah. right, or they haven't searched diligently enough, maybe, to find that fuller part of themselves that can be something bigger and greater than that other thing yeah. that they were blessed enough to, to to do, right? And you know, so now I sit here and I think about like how um, you know I would have given anything to have been a basketball star at a certain point in my life. But now I'm 38, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, if that had ever come to pass, I'd be coming out the back you end of legless. that thing. You were legless, yeah. I'd be coming out, right, you know, <laughs> you with, know without you that, know ex- without that yeah. extreme example, yeah. right? But if I was coming out the back end of that thing now, um, and all of my best accomplishments were in the rearview mirror, how sad that would be for me where I sit right now. It sounds like the world loves your ghost. Right, You know, right. Yeah, It's like, exactly. wait a minute, I'm, yeah, still, I'm here. still here. Right like, now, right? And am I not working towards anything? Right, am I exactly. just putting my feet up? Yeah, and re- exactly. I, sometimes I see someone who like retired early or yeah, something, yeah. and I'm like, well, that's great, yeah, yeah. but... I remember him. Are yeah. you retiring from, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. giving it a go right. and giving something to the world right, in a way? Right, exactly. Like, is it, you know, is that really the goal to like retire at 60? Right. And put your feet up? Yeah. That's why like guys like, you know, Paterno, other guys, they say like, oh, the day that I quit, that's the, you know, yeah. the next, that's the day before I die. Yeah. And then it comes to pass. Yeah, of course, because that thing, that thing was part of their life force. It was part of the thing that kept them going. Yeah. And once it's, once it's gone. You know, once a man, I think, loses his passion and loses loses his drive, you know, he begins to die in a certain way. You yeah. Know? And and I just sit here and I think, like, man, you know, everything that I, you know, I am and everything that I'm working towards is largely forward thinking, and it's about pushing into right. this new conquest and towards this this greater destiny, and. Uh, you know, but that's largely because of my own personal perspective on things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I've defined my life through that lens. You know, that's how I see things. The you know the beauty of you know the horizon and what I'm moving towards. Um, 
and just how kind of uh, sad it would be to sit here and think about the glory days, you know? Like the glory days are largely what you define them to be. And if you feel like you're moving towards your glory days as opposed to Absolutely. away from them in the rear view, you know, it's, it's all just a matter of perspective. Yeah, your mind really defines the world that you're in. Very you know? much so. It's like you could be literally trapped in prison and find a way out mentally. Yeah. Same thing with the outside of prison. Right. You know, yep. you, you're trapped in a figure, figurative prison. Too deep for me. Too what? deep for you? <laughs> no, this is like, not to get too like academic, no, 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 but no. like, you know, yeah. philosophy and Kant yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. That was like a big thing. People being thrown in prison for what they believed. Yeah. And the philosophers were trying to get the message out to them. That's like why they wrote famous essays were like, you may be trapped in prison, but you can be free. Right. You know, there is a way out mentally. You're not defined by the walls that are around you mm -hmm. physically. There's another way out. Right. And I think the same thing holds for like the figurative prison that people are in. There's a way out. You might feel like you're trapped in your job and you need your boss's permission to go work on that fucking side project. And it's real easy to think about, oh, what would they do? Oh, they're going to find out or, you mm -hmm. know, they're not going to like this. Well, fuck that. Like that will never, that thinking will only makes those walls more solid and thicker. You want to chisel through those fucking walls. Yeah. At least try, you know? It, it, it Just trying matters even more than if you get through. Right. And that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about, um, you know, sort of buying into someone else's definition of what your life should be, right? And, you know, how so much of, I think, drive and determination, right, are rooted in hope and optimism. Absolutely. And the prospects for the future, right? And, like, I think of, like, a fabulous, uh, you know, a lyric saying, uh, talking about, like, older rappers that were fat and gaudy, that yeah. they had kind of put their feet up and they're, you know, living through the glory days. And, you know, sort of how his perspective was about, you know, how his best days are yet to come. And I think that's largely rooted in sort of holding on to, like, a youthful idealism. Yeah. That tomorrow can be better, and if you work hard and you believe in yourself and you you know, stay focused and stay fresh and stay and stay sharp mm -hmm. that, you know, the potential for tomorrow to be better than today is always there. It's I, infinitely there. For whatever reason, I've always believed that, like, the next 10 years will be the next, the best 10 years of my life. At every course, age of yeah, my of life, I've always looked at it that way. Of course. You know, I have to. Because I can't. What's the alternative? To me, I What's can't wake up. Yeah, I can't wake up tomorrow and be in a world and be like, Oh, that was the shit back then. Because, <laughs> you know, like they say life is short and everything. Yeah, yeah. I disagree. Maybe relative to the planets and the stars and all that shit. Yeah. Sure. It's actually pretty long. Right. Like you're not, knock on wood, yeah. you're not going to die at 25. There's a better chance. Look at the average life expectancy. Sure. You're going to live till you're 75. Mm -hmm. That's a really long time to have to sit and accept and live in the reality of the the best days are behind me. Right. Even if you're 50, yeah. you still got a long fucking time to live. Do something with of it. Course. Be that guy who has life A and then life B. Yeah. Or maybe there's a life C and a D. Like keep... Do something. Reinventing yourself. I use that Do something. Time, Reinvent do something. yourself. Redefine yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah, fuel your passions into something else. And don't ask anybody's permission to do it. Let's go eat like a healthy meal. Keep your streak alive. All right. I'm dying for a quesadilla, I but I'm going to resist a damn it. After your quesadilla, <laughs> your spinach, your healthy quesadilla, I know I'm not going to be able to find that. So I'm going to avoid getting the quesadilla. That's going to be my mini little 
amount I put in the bank right. today to keep the I street going. That. You're going to eat clean. We're going to go have a good clean meal. You're going to have a salad. No, I'll eat something better. He's going to get a fucking <laughs> pizza. <laughs> I won't let you fall off. No, we're going to eat good. We're going to eat clean. And uh, yeah, Squarecast episode Squaw. tray. Yep. It got deep there for a second. It did. I, got, for- I, got, I almost got in my feelings for a second there. Greg was benching during this whole entire time of recording. I should just tell you that. He is focused. Lightweight. Lightweight. God, you're sweating so bad. Just reps. But uh, yeah, so that's Squadcast for the third week of whatever the hell date it is, episode three. That's right. Hit up gcodenutrition.com. Buy yourself some fucking vice. Check out G-Code Volume 1 and uh, put some uh, vice in your in your soul. Shout us out online on Facebook, on Instagram. If there's stuff you want us to talk about, we would stuff love you want us that. To cover. Man. We would um, love that. You guys. know, uh, at our best, uh, we believe this is going to be an interactive process. So we want to talk about stuff that you care about as much as stuff that we care about. And thank you for listening. Peace. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace.